Welcome to the award-winning Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Happy New Year, dear listeners. Normally, in the new year, we like to look forward to all the possibilities the future will hold. (laughs) But let's face it, we did that last year, and how did that work out for us? So instead, let's look back, back to a time before a pandemic, before social media required us to telegraph our political candidates, to a time when I didn't have a dozen conversations about how a person can't accidentally accept the mark of the beast. Yes, of course, I'm talking about the Good Snakes contest back in 2018, a mere four years ago that feels like 17 years now. Should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgotten, days of old Back then, a friend of the show submitted an entry, but sadly, it was three times longer than the maximum word allowance. We've been looking for a good time to bring the story to you. And now seems like that right moment. Breaking news. Today's story was written by Justin Lowmaster. Justin Lowmaster is a writer and entertainer. Aside from writing science fiction, fantasy, horror, and humor, he also cracks jokes and makes puns. And that's true, he sends me puns throughout the month. He is married and has two daughters and one son. He and his family live in the great Northwest. He enjoys gaming of all types, including computer, console, board, card, and role-playing games. He's also the community manager of Guard Frequency, the universe's premier space sim podcast, www.guardfrequency.com. You can find his gaming tools website over at thespaceturtle.com. Follow him on Twitter at ChivalryBean. You might remember Justin Lomaster from the early days of the show. In fact, he was the first living author to allow us to produce his story for the show. And I suppose the Dead Ones couldn't give consent either, so he was the first author to feature his stories on the show. His stories go all the way back to Episode 5, Send In, Episode 9, Flood of Terror, and Episode 27, Border Patrol. Check the show notes for all the direct links. So without further ado, after 80 episodes, the Untold Podcast proudly presents The Sound Outside the Church by Justin Lomaster. John walked towards the church, passing through the cemetery among the gravestones, squeezing a rock in his hand. He looked at his white knuckles and saw his tears falling on them. His mouth twisted into an anguished snarl as he threw the rock as hard as he could. It flew into the dark and hit something. He heard the sound of something falling, then breaking. John sighed and stared at the moon for a while, then went to inspect the damage. A strange mausoleum he didn't remember seeing before 
loomed in shadow. What appeared to have been a stone cross affixed above the door now lay shattered on the ground. John gathered up the pieces and put them into his jacket pocket. He promised himself to tell the pastor when he saw him next and pay for it somehow. At the church, John opened the door, hands still wet from more tears. He looked around but didn't see anyone. Weird for the door to be open and no one around. A quick few glances around the rooms revealed only a stack of bulletins on a table for the next service and several cages with various reptiles. His skin crawled as he heard scales sliding around the bedding in the cages. Snakes? Who would bring these here? Then remembered the event tomorrow night. Some kids thing run by Rita the Reptile Lady. He saw the banner with cartoon snakes and lizards and sighed. <sighs> I remember when the world was all just fun animals and cartoon happiness. He made his way from the side room and into the sanctuary. Still, no one around. At least I'll not have interruptions. He sat in a pew in the front row and stared into the darkened recess that held the water he had been baptized in so many years ago. The barest shadow of a cross was visible. God, this is stupid. I've been here my whole life, and never once did I invite Jack. And now he's almost dead, lying in a hospital bed. I want to talk to him, but I'm afraid he's not going to listen. What if he rejects? More tears flowed down his cheeks. He grabbed the pew and squeezed, gritting his teeth, trying to hold back sobs, shaking his head. After some time, he just started to shiver and he pulled up his jacket collar. Why is it so cold? He looked around, confused. Nothing looks wrong, but he went and looked at the thermostat. It was set where it always was. John shivered again, and he turned, looking at the front door of the church. His skin congealed into goose flesh as he heard a tapping on the door. What is out there? He walked to the door and hesitated. He touched the push bar, and there was condensation on it. Carefully, he pushed it slowly. The door flew open, and he fell forward and past the doorframe, flailing for purchase. A hand wrapped around his neck stopped his fall. John looked and saw a pale white arm. His eyes tracked along it. The paper-thin skin rested over black veins. He looked up into empty black eyes. The face before him was sallow, and John coughed, trying to pry the hand off his neck. For a second, he glimpsed past the horrible face and saw only darkness where the mausoleum door was. There was a guttural croaking, and the mouth on the thing before him dropped open, revealing a maw of shadows with bone-white teeth. Two of them, long stilettos. Holy Jesus! The thing hissed when he heard the words, and John kicked, somehow pushing it away. He fumbled in his jacket pocket, and he pulled out the pieces of the cross. 
but they fell out of his trembling hands, the pieces shattering more on the pavement. John wrinkled up his nose at a sickly smell and stumbled back as the claw swept through where his face had been. He kept falling backward and ran into the door. He turned, pulled the door open, and leaped inside as hot agony swept across his back. He fell onto the floor, crying out in pain as the full force of the impact pummeled his upper leg. He turned to see the closed door. He held his hand out in front of his face, waiting for the door to crack into a thousand pieces. Nothing happened. He started when something banged the door a few times, then hissed. John slumped, squeezing his eyes shut. The pain was radiating from whatever had happened to his back. It felt like it was spreading. This is not happening. I need to get some help. He took the phone from his pocket. The screen was cracked. He let a curse slip. It's broken? He fumbled and dropped it when something banged on the door again. The battery popped out and skittered across the floor. Are you kidding me? He carefully got up and limped further into the church and past the reptile cages. The phone was in the next room. Where is that vampire thing? He crept to the window, wincing as the pain throbbed in his back. He peered out into the darkness. Appearing out of nowhere, the face of the thing filled the window in front of John's face. He cried out and stumbled backward. He fell against a cage and it bent under his weight and the door popped open. Looking over his shoulder, he saw a sign that said, Water Moccasin. And inside the mashed cage, a coiled snake bared its fangs. Crap! He rolled as the snake struck. It barely missed him. What is even happening right now? He skittered out of the way, and the snake slithered off. The pain was radiating even more, spreading to his arms. He got up, winced, and squeezed his eyes shut, and waited for the pain to ebb, then went around the corner. He groaned. The phone wasn't there anymore. It had been moved recently when they replaced the old one with the new. He doubled back. Faster to go through the sanctuary. Need to make sure I can see where that snake went. He found the light switch and turned the first one he touched on. The cross in the baptismal lit up. He looked at it for a long moment. God, I don't even know what's going on right now, but please. A wave of pain throbbed and he gasped. Then it receded for a while. A slight sound of sloshing came from under the cross, and the snake slithered out of the baptismal water and up the cross. John stared, then breathed in deep. God, heal me. The pain flared up for a moment, then suddenly it was gone. His back still hurt, but the radiating pain was gone. Wait a minute. He walked towards the cross and looked at the water. 
movement caught his eye, and he saw the snake slink back into the water. It just floated there. John put his hand out slowly. Then quickly he grabbed the snake right behind the head. It wriggled, splashing water all over. Not exactly a spring of living water, or maybe it is, but here goes. Holding the dripping snake in front of him, he approached the door. He jumped when there was another bang on the door. He stood to the side and pressed the automatic door switch. Slowly, the door opened. When it was fully open, he quickly stepped in front of the doorway. There was the thing right there in front of him. He threw the snake. The ancient thing howled as the snake coiled around its neck, the water steaming as it met with moldering skin. The snake struck, sinking its fangs deep. A grating howl filled the night as the terrible thing turned to dust. John stood there staring for a while. Then he picked up the snake carefully and returned it to the cage and bent it back a little so the door shut. Then he picked up his phone and reinserted the battery. He was able to turn on the phone. After it loaded, he sent a message to Jack. Is this a good time to visit? John looked into the sanctuary and at the cross. He walked back into the night. was our story. I hope you liked it. Every one of God's creatures has a purpose. That's something my friend Dan and Angela Kerharchek told me when they were explaining why they began their new ministry, Genesis Reptile Rescue. In northern Michigan, of all places. It's not my jam, but they're having an impact. I'm sure God has a broader plan for water moccasins, but in this case, it was to throw it in the face of the vampire creature or whatever. Chekhov's water moccasin. You can't introduce the snake without throwing it into someone's face. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind podcast as they travel back 15 or more years along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today. Expect fun banter and trivial insights from Francisco, Paul, and rotating guest hosts who are all out of time. You can find this and so much more over at www.culturebox.media. Please remember to like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. Support us on Patreon and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannan, J.D. Rempel, Richard Zong, Jen Finelli, Fred Heimbaugh, Parker J. Cole, Laura Van Arendonk-Baugh. 
Mike and Andrew Williams, Spirit Blade Productions, The Retro Rewind Podcast, Rudy Diaz, Jackie Jolene, Amanda St. John, and Nathan and Casey Butler. Leading us out this week is the song Snakes by James Spate. Until next time, I'm Nathan James Norman, wandering in 2022. What is even happening right now? Violet's in 
in my bones has begun to dissipate My eyes have yet to see how blood liberates So far as I can tell it has been, is, now will be love that saves